The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. Tonight I am joined by Joe George, part of the A-Team on Sports Talk 790, and he's also the host of Inside Hustletown podcast. Joe, thank you for uh, coming on the show with me tonight. Yeah, thanks man, I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. So this is the fourth show in a row, four days in a row. And you are lucky enough to join me when the Astros actually win. Finally. I was not uh, – I told you I was going to come on the podcast. I was like, man, I'm not really sure I want to do a, 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 a funeral podcast tonight. I'm not sure I'm in the, in the mood for the end of 2020 season already because the season's been a lot of fun. It's been really weird. I, I'm sure – I don't know how you feel. I, I enjoyed the 60-game season. I thought it was really different, but I really like this playoff format. And I just I wasn't ready for it to end. So, I'm, you know, hopefully they are watching some magic, and hopefully tonight was the start of that. But it uh, thankfully it's not over yet. Good win tonight, for sure. The one thing that I enjoyed about this season, I, I didn't really enjoy how short it was, but I guess it didn't matter because we didn't get to go to the games anyway. But the one thing that I enjoyed about it is that we – and some people may disagree with this, but I enjoyed playing only inside certain divisions so that when you get to the playoffs, you don't really know how good the other teams are because you don't have common opponents. Did you feel that way in any way? Yeah, actually, I thought it was really interesting going back to the, the opening series versus the Twins and you have no experience and then – you play the A's right after, of course, the Strohs play them a ton this year, and then you get another team here in the Rays, and, you know, they're killing it all year, but the Astros were hot at the time. But you don't really know each other. Like, yeah, they played last year in the playoffs, and we all know how that went, but this is such a different baseball team on both sides. You just didn't know what to expect, and I thought that – I think it adds kind of what you're saying. Like, it kind of adds to the mystery, the excitement of baseball. You don't know these opponents. There's – there's no travel, there's no off days, so you're not really to set up your rotation. So I I actually thought I I agree with you. Like I would not be opposed to playing a limited division like kind of schedule going forward and maybe just a handful of games um with like the Eastern and Central teams, but actually I, I agree with you. I think this year the way it's set up in the playoffs was was really cool, especially in the last round how it was all divisional opponents in every playoff matchup. And then in this round, it's all these teams who have never seen each other. It's just so different. It's so unique. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. That's the only thing that I think turned out badly is that 
And I guess it was good in a way because it had the rivalry aspect of it. But that last round, everybody played someone within their division that they had already played uh, ten times. And I thought, you know, it would have been cool if we would have played the Yankees and the the Rays would have played the A's or however that would have lined up. But I guess it was okay. You thought it was pretty cool that they all played. I mean, because it happened in every matchup, right? National yeah, League yeah. and American I League. Guess it, yeah, it did on both sides. I, I guess it probably would have been even more interesting if it would have, you know, like like you're saying, like if the A's and the Astros would have played in the ALCS just because – of the 10 games they played all year, kind of some of that bad blood that was there. But I think the one thing I liked about it was that there was all this bad blood all over the place that the, the Yankees and the Rays had issues this year were thrown at each other. Same with the A's and the Astros. And then uh, I think, the, and then nationally the Dodgers and Padres have been going at it recently. So I think because there are so many rounds and they all had animosity in some way, that was kind of cool as well where, you know, there was three of the four series, Braves-Marlins, who cares? Uh, the only thing they had competing was when the Braves put 29 on them like two weeks ago. But, uh, so yeah, I, I think I did like it more in the earlier rounds. Either I guess either way um, would be would have been cool to see, but I thought since there was more of the animosity throughout the series, it just felt more, a little more intense. So we ended up playing the Rays, were you disappointed at all that we didn't get to play the Yankees or were you happy that the Yankees got eliminated? No, I wanted to see the Yankees because we know whether this series was going to end here or the Astros season was going to end here or not. To me, it was just the teams that talked the most trash towards the Astros, towards their players that just won't let the, the trash can stuff go. When in reality, they all just need to move on because at this point, it's it's over. It's it's they're beating a dead horse. It was the A's, the Yankees, and the Dodgers, and I think there would be some real satisfaction for the Astros players and fans and and the team as a whole from the top down. Just well, the Yankees they think they got cheated. The A's think they got cheated. The Dodgers they think they got cheated. If you had the opportunity to be all three of them on your way to a second World Series win, I think it would just be would have been incredible. So, yeah, I wanted the Yankees, but they and also honestly, I think their pitching was way worse. Like what what the Astros bats are doing right now with all the hard contact they were getting, mm-hmm. um, I, I think they would they would crush the Yankees the way they're hitting right now. And the the Rays are just playing immaculate defense and in the right position left and right. It feels like for the first four games. And the Yankees, I don't think you get that same thing. You know, Aaron Judge doesn't make some of these catches that Renfro's making and right for the Rays. So I also think it was just also the easier opponent in all reality, too. Yeah, it would have been a sweet revenge tour, I can tell you that. But uh, I guess one thing that I've said, just in my opinion, because like you said about the trash talk and all that, I really – hate the Yankees and the Dodgers. And I really don't hate the players and I don't hate the team, but it's the fans and everybody knows that that the fan fans are what makes you hate the team. It's not yeah. some instances it might be the players, but that would have been a very sweet uh revenge tour, but I guess I was happy when the Yankees, I mean I was rooting for the Rays when they were playing, 
And I was happy that the Yankees got out just because I just wanted them eliminated. I, whatever, you know, I didn't want them to move any further and have any, you know, I just wanted their chances to win the World Series to be done as quick as possible. And uh, I think there was a tweet. I don't know if you saw this today. Aaron Boone said something about his team is getting close to winning a World Series. And I actually commented on that today, and I put, going to the World Series and losing is almost winning a World Series, not losing in the Divisional Series. That's that's not almost winning a World Series. Yeah, I, I did see that. That he said uh, was, I think it's important to realize how close we are. I just, honestly, like, I think that's kind of a loser mentality. And it's it's kind of weird to hear someone from this supposed to be special franchise and the Yankees say something like that. Like that's, I feel like that's something you would hear from the A's, the Rays, the, the Padres, like the Marlins, like these organizations who they, this is close to them. This is, you know, if, the, if, if, uh, what Don Mattingly for the Marlins would have said that, I would have been like, yeah, man, like your team was terrible. Yeah. You guys made the playoffs and you won a series like good for you. It is important to realize how close you were to the World Series. You were two series away. That's awesome. But the Yankees, the way they built that roster, getting Garrett Cole, like I just kind of—I feel like it's kind of a little, little bit of a loser mentality. In all honesty, I was kind of surprised to hear him say that. See, that's another thing that I enjoyed about them getting knocked out. Yes, I would have liked it to been us, but the fact that they had Garrett Cole and these people, the fans. We're just tweeting, and they were just all over the place. We have Garrett Cole. There's no way we don't win the World Series. So I just think it was awesome that they didn't even get to the American League Championship. So that's kind of why I was happy they were out. And then you got the the Dodgers. So, you know, the Braves were trying to ruin our revenge tour on the other side of the bracket, and they totally demolished the Braves today after being down two to zero. Uh, I think they scored 11 runs in the first inning. They beat them like yeah. 15 to three. Uh, but do you, do you care who comes out of that? I'm rooting for the Braves just based solely that I hate the Dodgers. Yeah, actually, I, I really would like to see the Braves come out of it. I think they're what their pitching's doing this year is really, really cool to see. I mean, they went into their offseason, and their answers to fix their pitching rotation were Cole Hamels and Felix Hernandez. Well, Cole Hamels is hurt, and Felix Hernandez opted out because of COVID. And they're here without those guys, showing they didn't really need them. And I really like their stars. I really like Acuna. He's fun to watch. I like how he's he's vocal on Twitter and in the games. Freddie Freeman is a world-class baseball player and a class act of a person, it seems like. I, I'm pulling for the Braves here. I just, I think it's the better story, especially because, like, for me, I, I don't know how you feel, but for me, when the teams that I'm invested in are no longer in the playoffs, I, I want to root for a story. Like, I, I want to root for something special. And I think that's, I think Braves and Rays at least gives you that. Like, these franchises that are you know, low payroll and, and they're trying to build the right way and they're young and they're, they're really good pitching, and they're looking to kind of get back to where they were before, especially the Braves going back. to the, They haven't been great since, like, the 90s. It really feels like the early 2000s. So 
I hope the Braves come out, not because I dislike the Dodgers, because I don't like the Dodgers. I despise Cody Bellinger. Um, I, it bummed me out that Mookie Betts <laughs> ended up in L.A., because I love Mookie Betts. And, um, but I guess on the other side, like, the Dodgers would be interesting just because I, I also do love the narrative of how much Clayton Kershaw chokes in the playoffs. So I kind of would like to see that play out as well. Yeah, see him lose again. Yeah, for sure. All right, so anyway, let's here's something I wanted to bring up to you also that we could have been talking about tonight, but we're not. This is something that we may talk about tomorrow or the next day. Uh, but this game, if we would have lost, it could have been the last game for George Springer as a Houston Astro. Yeah, it's it's weird to think that tomorrow by – you know, on the October fifteenth by seven o'clock Central Time, like we're talking Brantley, Springer, and Reddick, possibly all wearing different hats next year. Like we're, I think we're already at that point where Verlander and Osuna will probably never pitch for the team. Maybe Osuna, but yeah. I mean, we're we're potentially nine innings away from specifically George and Brantley because I don't really want Reddick back, um, but especially George, like it's, it's crazy to think that it's here. I really, I'm kind of hoping that if the market doesn't bear out for George, what he's expecting, like if he's expecting close to Mookie Betts, I hope he comes back to Houston for the right price. I hope, I hope Crane and the Astros pony up a little bit and bring him back because it just would be such a, a loss. If I guess it's, it's more about Correa versus Springer. If that's, if that's what they're looking at financially, then sadly, I think it would be the right decision to let George go and, and pay Correa next year. But it, it is bizarre to think that we're potentially nine innings away from Springer and not Brantley, who is just beloved by everybody. Mm-hmm. Uncle Mike's the best. Like The fact that neither of those guys could be Astros in, in nine innings of baseball, it's like it's kind of surreal to think that we're finally at that point. No one even talks about Brantley getting re-signed. It's like it's just a foregone conclusion that he's going to leave. And uh, but Springer, I, I didn't even think about this until I was putting uh, putting the notes together, and I just happened to see someone's tweet, and they said this could be the last time we see Springer. And so that's actually what I wrote in the notes. But they ended up winning, so now I'm just saying maybe tomorrow could have been. And I remember when Springer got called up, didn't even know who he was, but I'm like, that guy's going to be my favorite player. You know, he's, he got, he's one of the first new guys when I got back into, you know, following the team a lot uh, more closely. And then when I got to know him, I'm like, I made the right choice. This guy's awesome. This guy's just the coolest guy ever. And then you got all the leadoff homers and all of that. And, you know, the stuttering, just he's just the whole package. Not that it's awesome that he stutters, but, you know, it's just a part of him that, that I think is cool. And I can't imagine it. I mean, I, you know, like Garrett Cole left, but he's not really an Astro. Brantley's going to leave. Yeah. Reddick's played for other teams, but we've never seen Springer in another uniform. I mean, if you look at it this way, like the Astros raised him. I mean, he's been an Astro his entire career, and I just can't imagine it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – it is going to be weird because, like, I think you're – I love the way you put that. Like, 
it's like that they raised him because really it's and like you all kind of like you like grow up with these players like when they're prospects and they hit like him you it's like you you see them grow I think you know even after the game like I'm watching the TV interview with him and like you mentioned the stutter and it's crazy if you look back at interviews from when he first comes up to the Astros to now like even how much he's worked on that part of his life like it's gone for the most part because he's just he's focused in on it he he's aware of it and he's worked on improving it just because he wants to be good at, he wants to be good at interviews he doesn't have to be, he doesn't yeah. have to do that especially this year during covid he doesn't have to talk to the media we barely hear from players it's and and george he he talks to the media and it, it will be weird it's going to be I don't, know, I don't know how you feel. Like, I guess I'm disheartening. Yeah. Like, maybe it depends on where it goes. Like, I think <laughs> it's like, it's like probably like, I don't, I mean, I, I'm, I'm having my first kid in March. So I'm just like assuming for like my parents, like when they sent me off to college, like they sent me to a college that they went to that they liked and they were happy. If they, if I would have gone somewhere they hated, it'd be like George going to like the Dodgers or the Red Sox. But like if George goes, like the Braves, it's like well, yeah. at least he didn't. At least he didn't go to a bad place. So I, I, I hope it's not the last. I hope they bring him back. I guess everybody assumes, and so do I, that it would be someone that spends a lot of cash, and it's probably going to be the Yankees or the Dodgers or possibly the Red Sox because he's from up up there. So who knows? I mean, I don't hate the Red Sox. I don't have anything against them. But I, I really do hate the Yankees. I hate them a lot, and I Honestly, hate the Dodgers I think, a lot. Um, I, I guess my opinion has almost like changed on this in the last like twenty four hours, just because there's these reports out of Chicago that Tony Larusa could be the next manager of the White Sox, which just like blows my mind. But I've been pretty convinced that AJ Hinch was going to be the next manager of the White Sox once they eventually fired Ricky Renteria, like they did. Mm-hmm. And and part of me really wonders. If George still has that relationship, that the Reinsdorfs, the owners of the White Sox, would spend that money, and if George would reunite with AJ Hinch and Dallas Keuchel in Chicago, it's kind of where like I have him marked um, for me right now. I think they need other help, but I think it makes a lot of sense for him to be that veteran leader in a young locker room. Um, so that's kind of my favorite right now. I always thought the Red Sox, like you said, he's from there. But they're so bad, I don't know why he'd want to go there. Like, they wouldn't pay Mookie Betts so they could pay George Springer. No offense to George, but I'm not sure that makes any sense. No. It's like, I don't I don't think he's going to – I don't think Boston's going to spend money on him. Um, it might be where he wants to go, but I, I, I personally, I think he's going to end up with, like, the White Sox next year if he's not an Astro. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. And uh, Joe and myself will get into this game tonight. We'll be All right, folks, we are back. Uh, Joe, you ready to talk about the game tonight? Yes, absolutely. All right, so Grinky started uh, five innings. Did he go five or six? No, he went six. He went six. Yeah, I wrote that wrong. Six innings. I knew that was wrong. Uh, six innings. Five hits, two runs, only one walk, and his only blemish was the two-run homer to a Rosarina, the guy that's been killing us. And uh, 
Then you have – he was in the sixth inning with the bases loaded, and they had Presley ready to come in. Mm-hmm. What, what was your thought on that? Leave Grinky in or, or bring someone else in? I mean, we saw AJ try it last year. He took him out. So my thought was leave him in. I, I mean, we saw Presley in the ninth. I, I don't have a ton of faith in that guy. And you know what? You, you pay these guys to be superheroes, your, your aces of your staff. And he's clearly not the ace of the staff, but I, I was hoping they were going to just, just let it ride. Like this is, he's your workhorse. He's your starter. He's the guy you're paying. You want him out there. And I, I was really glad Dusty just sucked to his gut and said, yeah. you know what? Like let him finish it. And so, I thought it was the right move. Even if honestly, even if he would have given up a grand slam there, I, I thought it was the right move to leave him in. Because now you look at tomorrow, like you, you need your bullpen. You need tomorrow I think it's gonna probably be like a bullpen day. Oh yeah. In in game in game five. So like you you gotta let him finish that inning and, and finish the game the way they did with then Javier and Presley. So I loved the decision. Yeah, I felt the same way. I actually tweeted it that I hope he leaves him out there. And the, the, my thought process on it is this. He's already been out there pitching for a couple of hours, and you're going to bring Presley in with the bases loaded? That's not a good decision. I, yeah. I, I mean, you've seen Presley all season. Why, why would you want to do that? I don't think that was a good decision. Leave the guy in there. That's been pitching already. He's already warmed up. He already knows what he's doing, and he made the right decision. I think he got a strikeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got okay. got a chase on like a low curveball, I think it was. And so we have the same thing that sort of happened. Javier gave us two innings, scoreless innings, beautiful three strikeouts, and Dusty Baker – Brought him in for the ninth, and he pulled him after walking one guy, and then he brings in Presley with a with a runner on. I mean, if you're going to have such a quick hook on him, if you knew that was already going to happen, unless the game plan was for Javier to pitch to a certain guy, you know, why not let Presley just come in with a clean inning? That was my thought process on that on that move yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah, actually, I, I agree with you on that one, too. I, I get why you put Javier out there because he's been pitching so well. But if you're if you're talking – like how they were showing on the TV broadcast, if, if you're talking to Maldonado and you're trying to figure out, like, how good his stuff is or if we're going to leave him out there, like, just try to get him as many outs as you can, I, I'm surprised that it was one batter and move on. And maybe it's just because this is – probably one of the biggest moments of his pitching career, I would say. And obviously this late in the postseason, now in the ALCS, it probably is for sure. So I mean, maybe they're just worried the moment's going to get to him, or maybe they didn't like the matchup. And maybe their plan the whole time was he was going to face the first guy and then Presley was going to come in. I, I yeah. was surprised. Um, I, I, I guess because it's almost like counterproductive, right, of like what Dusty did with Granke. Like, you let you left him out there with bases loaded. Javier is you know, no outs when he walked the guy. Like unless they just were seeing something they didn't like, but like Dusty like ran out to the mound to pull him out, it felt like. So Yeah, I, right I, away. I didn't love, 
Yeah, I didn't love that move. I'm glad it worked out because there are times Dusty's definitely questionable with some of the his management, but I didn't I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but overall, I mean, he pulled the red strings tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, the uh, the guy Javier Walk did end up scoring, so that counted on him. Uh, so Presley pitched the the ninth inning. He had a hit and a strikeout and a run. And I know I wrote it here. There it is. Uh, he he struck out the first guy, and then you had the fielder's choice, which was pretty close to a double play, but Wendell's pretty quick. I believe that's who it was. And then, uh, man, I was practicing saying this guy's name. Ad, Ad, Adames, the shortstop from the Rays. I think I, I, I think that's Adame. Yeah, yeah. It. It's yeah. like Adamas. Something yeah. like that. I, I, I was practicing saying it because I said it wrong all week. But he had an RBI double. He hasn't really done much. And But Presley gets out of it. I mean, we win 4-3. to three. Uh, Javier looked good. And the thing about this is, for me, I was expecting Javier to be the Game 5 starter. But I also wasn't expecting to be down three games to zero. And so... He used him today because you have to, like, unload your gun, use all your bullets because there's no tomorrow if you lose. And it made me think that, man, that really sucks that we couldn't have used Christian Javier for some more games earlier if we had if we would have known because he's awesome. I mean, he pitched yeah. beautifully coming out of the pin uh, in the shorter series where we didn't even need him to start. And that would have been nice having him coming out of the bullpen. I think that would have been a great weapon instead of using uh, Taylor and and uh, man, D- D- Dusty Baker has all the confidence in the world in Brooks Raley. He brings that uh, dude out in some tough situations. Him. Yeah, it's uh, you can tell that like it's like Dusty just like loves certain guys. Like it's like this. I feel like Snipes need pitched every time. The Astros went to extra innings. Size <laughs> C was the guy Dusty put out there. It's like he just loves certain guys for sure. He's yeah, sure, he he's got confidence in him for some reason. I think one game he brought him in and he gave up two runs, and I'm just thinking, why why does he got so much confidence in this guy? And that's what I mean. I mean, like there was probably some big spots that he brought in someone like Rayleigh that he could have brought in Javier, but who would have known? That we're going to go down three to zero. So let's go to the scoring. Uh, Altuve with a solo home run, two days in a row, right? A solo home run in the first inning. Yeah. And that was with two outs. Uh, let's go down here. Dusty flip flopped Brantley and Altuve, and I guess it might have worked out. I mean, he would have had one out. Uh, he had the RBI double in the third, but he brought in uh, Maldonado. So I guess maybe it did work out. But the Astros are up 2-0, to zero, hoping they'd get some more runs. And uh, top of the fourth, uh, that same guy, a Rose Arena with the two-run homer, ties things up. But Springer, I, can't, I wish I, I wrote down the name of that building, but he hit it on the patio of that warehouse, he crushed it. He crushed yeah. it. They interviewed him. I know you heard it after the game. 
he, I guess they asked him if he thought it was going to be fair, and he said, oh, I knew it was a home run. As soon as I hit it, I knew it was a home run. So it was 4-2, to two, and then we won 4-3. to three. I didn't even write that down because I was busy. Uh, so what were your thoughts uh, going in uh, to – let's talk about this. So Altuve had the yips, right? Mm-hmm. And he only had to make two throws, and he made both of them. But he's hitting good. I mean, you, you didn't have any inklings of taking him out of this lineup or at least moving him DH, did you? No, I, I didn't think so. I just I, – I get why there would be that conversation, but and he's one of the one of your best players. Like, you're just not going to DH him. And then – and then you're kind of like a Ledmus Diaz at second base. Like, is that really, is that really an improvement with the bats? And that's where I think the argument's really about. Is like, yeah, Altuve, maybe he has the yips, maybe he just makes errors in the playoffs because we've seen it before. But like, if you pull him and Diaz is at second, like, is it really an improvement for your lineup the way that sets up? And I think the answer is no. And I think that's why. There is no conversation about putting Altuve at DH because it's a postseason game. You need your best lineup out there, even if he's got it. And I wouldn't say he's totally removed from the yips because that last in the ninth inning, that throw to second base, I feel like it should have been a double play, but he really took his time. Like he, you, it's like I felt like you could feel him concentrating through the TV about making sure that that ball was going to get to Correa's glove in the right spot. And so I think he's still a little not super confident in what he's doing out there, but I, I just don't think there's any conversation about moving him to DH. I don't think it makes any sense for your lineup. So Altuve went two for four today, two RBIs. He had that solo home run and that RBI double. Springer three for four. I mean, if we would have lost, what an amazing uh, last game that would have been, and what you know that would have been on all the. All the other teams' minds when they're trying to sign him as a free agent. Yeah. Uh, so, so the two, you know, the two big name guys, you know, besides Correa, got it done for us tonight. Uh, the Tampa Bay three runs on seven hits. The Astros had four runs on nine hits. Uh, the Astros hit into four double plays today. That was a little annoying, wasn't it? Yeah, that's actually it's. I saw that after the game. I, I guess I didn't realize it during the game how many double plays they were hitting into. But I feel like you're lucky to win a baseball game down to four double plays, especially the way the series has been going. It's it's pretty remarkable that they weren't able, that they had all those runners on base this whole time, and just another day that continues where there's guys on base and you can't get them across. Four double plays to win is pretty remarkable. It feels like, but yeah, they're, they're. I feel like they're so much fun to watch when you're on when the team you're watching is on defense, and when you're hitting, it's just the absolute worst. <laughs> so I didn't get the stats for left on base. I, I I must have forgot to write it down, but I don't think it was very high. And I think so four, four today. Okay, and that's it. I think that's what it was. I know it was three or four, but. I think that's the reason it was low today is because they hit into four double plays and you wipe yeah. them out and you don't leave, you can't leave them on if you hit into double plays. And it was mall. It was a, uh, I wrote this down. It was Altuve, Brantley and Correa did it twice. 
Not a good yeah. game for Correa at, at the plate. I don't got his final stats, uh, but I know he didn't get a hit. Uh, Maldonado, Tucker, Brantley, and Bregman all got one hit. Uh, they pulled Brantley out of the game at the end. Do you think he hurt himself uh, hitting the ball off uh, his foot twice? I think so. I think a little defensive? bit. No, I think he might have banged himself up a little bit. I'm not. I like. I'm not like concerned about it. I just. It felt like one of those things where I, I feel like he put two off his foot in that one at bat, or at least throughout the game. So you just take him out for defense and precautionary measures because it looked like you were going to get another game coming up. So. Uh, I I expect Brantley to play tomorrow. He might just be it might be DH tomorrow, if anything. So yeah. I did not look it up, and I'd have to look right now when we're talking. But we we have no idea who the starting pitchers are for either team tomorrow, do we? No, I saw the Rays have not announced. Um, let's see if I don't think Dusty announced either. Um. He said, uh, see, after the game, he said, all he said was probably not Framber and probably not McCullers. That doesn't help at all. Uh, I think it'll be Paredes. I think it'll be Anoli. And then uh, Josh James coming in after. I think that's going to be the uh, kind of see what Paredes has and see how long he can give you. Maybe maybe he can give you three innings. That'd be awesome. Um, but I think it's going to be him and Josh James tomorrow. That's yeah. my gut. Yeah, they didn't use Paredes today, so I think he. I think between Paredes and Josh James, I don't know. Do you think Josh James should be the second guy in in that combo? I don't. Know, you know, I don't know. Um, pro- probably. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like Josh James was much better out of the pen this year than as a starter. So maybe there's something about. Him, maybe like a mindset thing, but I, I probably would be okay either way. Um, I will say, well, Paredes is righty, right? Both righties? Yeah. Um, so I guess it doesn't really matter that way, but yeah, I mean, I would say, I'd say just let, let the young, young uh, fireballer throw it out there and see what he's got and then throw Josh James after. I think that's probably what I would do tomorrow. They did point something out in the broadcast that uh, tomorrow's game's at four for us and the shadows will be out there. And so that, that'll help us out a little bit. I mean, it's going to help them out too, but yeah, looking on the uh, Astros.com, they are both to be determined. I mean, they haven't used Cy Sneed. You think that'll be someone they throw out there or there's no way? I hope not. Um, I think there's a better chance we see Luis Garcia for the first time this playoffs and see this at, I think there's a way better chance you see him for an inning tomorrow. I, I mean, I wouldn't rule out Javier coming in for two or three innings for another two innings tomorrow. At some point, either. I, I, at this point, you're all hands on deck. You're down three one. You got three games left to try to go to the World Series. It's all hand, all hands on deck every single day. So, I would really not rule out Javier coming in again tomorrow at some point. Not starting, but. I mean, because maybe you can get six, seven innings out of Paredes and James combined, and then Presley and Alubis Garcia or something are trying to yeah. do it. Well, I like, like talking about earlier. Maybe it's Brooks Raley. Maybe Raley's going to get the start tomorrow. <laughs> that sounds crazy, but maybe. Yeah. No, 
I don't see that happening. I really like the Louis. I mean, I wanted to look at the uh, roster, but I really, really like the Luis Garcia thing. I really like that. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. He, like they, they wouldn't know what to expect from him. Like we were talking about earlier. Like they, if you don't play these teams during the year, they have zero idea what to expect. They probably have no film on Luis Garcia. So if you started him even tomorrow, which sounds insane coming out of my mouth. But whether, no matter when you put him in, they're going to have no film on this guy. So, yeah, you we will see him tomorrow. So you have Garcia, Paredes, Josh James, maybe Christian Javier. I can't think of anyone else. I mean, Brooks Rayleigh didn't pitch at all today, so I would assume we'll probably see that dude again tomorrow. I hope not. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm down on him. I may just it may all just be in my head, but yeah, let's see Luis Garcia. I think that guy handled it well the first time they throw him out there. Let's see that. Yeah, I'd be I'd be good with seeing him out there. It'll be it'll be interesting. It's it's crazy to think you're talking bullpen day, game five of the World Series. But since there's no <laughs> days off, there's really no other options at this point. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I would say is negative about the playoffs this year. Just not being – I mean, what it does is it really it really uh, is a test of who has the stronger pitching staff because, I mean, who I don't know who the Rays are going to throw out there, but I think it would have been nice if we didn't have to use Javier and we could have used him to start tomorrow. That would have been pretty good. But I don't know. Like I said, I got confidence in Garcia. I got confidence in Paredes. I don't even know if Parady started, but I know Luis Garcia started a couple of games, so I, I think I could see that happening, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I feel like especially with Dusty, it's hard to tell. I mean, he really could throw us all for a curveball. I think the only thing I can guarantee we will not see is Cy Snead will not be the first pitcher tomorrow. <laughs> Anything else I think is on the table. Well, all right, Joe. That's all I have, buddy. You got anything you want to add? Uh, no, I mean, great to see Altuve in the back, and hopefully you can keep that up. And even if the season ends tomorrow, I think uh, this playoff series has given a lot of positivity for next season after a very negative 60 games. So, no, that's all I got, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, I think about that. I thought about it earlier in the year. If they don't win the World Series, I'm not going to be totally crushed. I mean, I'm the type of passionate fan that gets upset every time they lose. I, like, I don't get upset if they get destroyed 20 to 0. But when they lose games with, you know, things how, like, how Tuvi had that bad throw and then the next guy had a three run homer, like, that kind of stuff gets me pretty worked up. But, yeah, you know, I agree on that. I'm happy. I'm happy that they made it further than the Yankees. I'm happy that they're in the American League Championship four years in a row after having uh off season, uh no Justin Verlander, no uh nobody really in the bullpen, a bunch of kids, no Osuna. I mean, I'm proud of these guys and you know, whatever they do, it's it's successful already. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd like to see them win it still, but Yes. Definitely, uh, definitely more positives out of this all now than before. That's for sure, 100%. All right, well, that's all we have for tonight, folks. Thanks again, Joe, uh, for coming on. Hopefully I'll have you on again. 
I enjoyed the conversation, and uh, we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.